The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Friday, June 12th, 2020. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. And Matt Morgan's out tonight, but you got Friday Night Raj and Glenn W.O. taking you through Friday Night Smackdown, the ups the downs something that's beneath the downs um raj hell of a show tonight uh yeah i mean i thought uh that aj versus daniel bryan match i know they taped it a couple weeks ago they didn't tape it when the rest of the show was taped Uh, they taped it the week before that Uh, my my guess is probably daniel bryan has time off so you know that's why they did it earlier but i don't know why they didn't just tape it for the pay-per-view i mean they already taped randy orton versus edge uh, they could have just taped that for backlash as well. That match was that match was awesome, and it would have been that much better without commercials. I think it would have upstaged uh, Randy and Edge, and the, yeah. the greatest wrestling maybe, match of all time. Maybe that's why they didn't do it. Maybe they didn't want the greatest wrestling match to be upstaged by a really good wrestling match. Which should tell you something about backlash on Sunday. Like it's going to be good, but just know that Randy versus Edge is going to be the best, and everything else, you know. Temper your expectations. Right. Yeah. It's a way to sell a pay-per-view. Um, so tonight... Oh, the first segment, good lord. Um, Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy. They were having a contract signing for the match. They come out to the ring. Sheamus is setting up this this black box. Why is he there? He's like, oh, Renee, I don't want you to have to see some things. Uh, and Jeff, you're going you're gonna to take a urine test right here, right now, to prove that you're clean before this match. And, um, oh, I don't know, I think it was when we saw, like, the novelty-sized cup of urine that it was pretty obvious yeah. that this was going to end up all over Seamus. Yeah. I mean, that was like a 40. It was like, it was like a bomber that he had. It was, uh, it was a little too ridiculous. I, I get the effect that they were going for. And this was a segment that they had retaped, or, like, or they had stopped, and Vince McMahon came out and uh, <laughs> ordered and then you know went to the hard cam site and then personally produced it. So I could see one of the things that they wanted to do that Vince probably had a problem with was not enough piss. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't, you know, just produced uh, when they really need to go? Um, it was something, man. I mean, oh, we did find out the test was negative later. Yes. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I want to be enthusiastic about the show, but when you've got a man throwing a cup of urine in another man's face, it's really kind of calling your shot for uh, the state of modern wrestling. Yeah. Um, they did this angle, a similar yes. angle with Shawn Michaels. HBK. Yeah. yeah. Years ago. So uh, there is precedence for peeing in the ring. Vince McMahon has peed in the ring as well. Uh, so it's... 
It's nothing new, I guess. Well, and in fact, this was comeuppance for Sheamus because he stood there laughing when Drake Maverick wet his pants when the bar faced AOP at Survivor Series back in 2018. So, yeah, Justin there you Lopez. go, Sheamus. Yeah, Justin Lopez with the $5 Super Chat. Thank you, Justin, saying that match was too damn good. So good, in fact, that I checked out after it. It was a crime that it didn't mean an event. And this is one of those things. I understand why they didn't put it in the main event because you want to build the, the pay-per-view, but they never do that anymore anyway. So just just have the best match finish out the show, and I think it would have it would have went out with a bang than on a, than on a whimper like it did. Well, and it's crazy that they had that Jeff Hardy Sheamus segment, which, by the way, wrestling Twitter, that's all they were talking about, following that up with uh, the New Day versus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. These guys went out there and put on a great non-title tag match. Uh, with Shinsuke and Cesaro picking up a win at the beginning, uh, New Day doing a uh, taking a kneel, uh, taking a knee and kneeling in the middle of the ring, raising their fists on the air. Um, you know, in support and solidarity with Black Lives Matter, they had um, uh, some uh, victims of police violence, uh, their names on their armbands. I mean, it was a very powerful moment. It just it's crazy that this didn't open the show and this had to go in the aftermath of uh, that Jeff Hardy Sheamus spot. Yeah, I mean, the contrast between a lot of these segments was uh, was pretty immense. Um, really cool Especially for New Day. I'd like to see. Did, yeah, uh, I was gonna say I, I, it would just be cool to see other races do it as well. Um, I agree, yeah. and they have been on Twitter certainly. Um, right. Did you watch New Day's podcast or see the clips that were making? That I haven't. I've been. Mean, I'm gonna. Watch, I'm gonna listen to it this weekend. I heard it's. Uh, I've heard it's pretty exceptionally amazing. powerful, and I just. I feel like. Um, yeah, I feel I feel like this was really some of those uh, segments. They were on FS1 on Tuesday night, but I feel like uh, some of them should have been shown on the air. Um, I thought that statement was so powerful. It's just, yeah, the ordering of things tonight. I really think uh, it's not that tonight was even a bad show um, necessarily. I just think they could have opened up with New Day, closed with AJ versus Daniel, and then uh, spaced everything out, pasted a little better in between. But this was very, um, for lack of a better word, schizophrenic in the uh, the way that it was just all over the place with the tone of the show tonight. Yeah. Uh, we'll get more of these Super Chats tonight since it's the two of us, so we'll probably go a lot faster. Joseph Venditti, via the ring, new pay-per-view. Ha, 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 I chuckled. Um yeah, I agree with you. It, you know, to your point, if you had done it the other way, the way you said with New Day at the beginning, uh, AJ at the end, it's a different show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, you know, Bruce Pritchard. We'll, we'll talk about that more later. <laughs> but uh, Should we talk about that now? I mean, come on, Roger. This, let's not, you know, bury the lead here. Sure. Um, well, why, why don't we get to the next match and then we'll go to Bruce Pritchard. But real quick, my problem with the New Day match is every tag team feud with the champions is done this way, where, you know, they lose a non-title match and then you have a title match, or they lose a singles match and that leads to the title match. They do the formula every single time. I'd like to see more of a story, something new, something different once in a while. Yeah. So are they, when are they wrestling again? That's not a backlash, is it? I could see them, you know, announcing it, uh, you know, as a, as a pre-show match or something, because uh, they haven't announced any kickoff matches yet. Backlash is one of those pay-per-views where, outside of Edge versus Orton, I have to just constantly remind myself what else is on that show. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, like we were talking about earlier, sorry, I'm uh, apparently having some bandwidth issues tonight, so I'm lowering my resolution, hoping that will help a little you bit. You sound fine. 
Well, that's important for the audio listeners, but Raj, there are hundreds of people in the Wrestling Inc. chat room watching us live that's right true. now. And uh, I know they want to be able to Putting up see me in all my glory <laughs> <laughs> here on a uh, Friday night SmackDown. Uh, what are you drinking tonight, Raj? I am having some of my, my use, some Pinot Grigio. I missed working out all week, so I got I worked out during SmackDown. And uh, so I'm trying to have something lighter tonight. So what, what do you got? Uh, I'm drinking a uh, Corona light. Um, healthy. Uh, kind of. I mean, you know, I got, I tried that new Corona ultra, whatever the lower carb one, it's literally like nine calories less than a Corona light and tastes somehow heavier. Have you ever yeah. had any of the like Michelob ultra or any of the like low carb beers? I mean, I, I mean, just the light beers like Miller light, but not, no, the, uh, no, the not, the, carb, not the gimmick, not the gimmick. Yeah. The low beers, carb no. ones, there's something they use as a replacement of that, that actually to me tastes heavier than a light beer, but I, I've always been a fan of light beer. I mean, I like this, I like uh session. I like uh, even Bud Light with lime, just something that just, I almost like beer soda is almost my preference for beer. I don't like a, a heavy lager. All right. Well, anyone in the chat, if you got your, if you got a glass or, you, you, or, or, or some water or anything, Cheers, and uh, here we go. Here we go. Cheers. Oh, Going to get taken down by YouTube. Um, uh, corona, isn't it a little soon? A little soon for that? I thought it was subliminal marketing in a way, right? Hmm. Because I said to my wife a month into lockdown, why am I just thinking about drinking like a Corona all the time when it got warm out? This is my warm weather beer. It's Maybe. what I like, and I don't drink very often. Um but for some reason, when it's hot out, just an ice cold Corona sounds very good. I just yeah. want to do that, sit in front of the fan, and you know, watch some wrestling. Yeah. Uh, well, should we go ahead and talk about Heyman? Oh, you want to talk about the news now? Oh no. Well, let's let, let's let's go through the show, and then we'll get to the news. Okay. So backstage, Fifty Shades of Otis, uh, him with the blindfold on, spelling food, trying to heighten his senses. Hmm. And uh, I have to admit, I, I like the joke that Mandy kissed him, and he thought it was Tucker. Uh, it was cute. His response to that. Um, I mean, they're Otis, Otis and Mandy are the stars of the show, right? I mean, Otis, I feel like gets more consistent airtime and more story than anyone else on SmackDown week in and week out. Yeah, I can't, I mean, it'll be interesting when crowds come back, you know, I'm, I'm guessing he'll just blow the roof off the place because, uh, online you just hear, I mean, people love him right now. Yeah. I mean, it's entertaining. I think, uh, you know, it, it's it's winning me over more and more as it goes on. And that Fast Times Richmond High uh, vignette they did a few weeks ago, I think, is one of the like more genuinely funny things WWE has done in a long time. Yeah, I I, I do think the longer they're doing this with no crowd, the more it, I don't know. It's just uh, the act is wearing a little thin. Whereas I think it'll work great in front of a crowd. So, you know, at Hopefully, sooner than later, they can start doing something, um, you know, safely. You know, obviously, I don't want them to do something irresponsibly. But it's interesting, though, isn't it? I mean, we're hearing uh, political rallies are starting again. Yeah, local ordinances, the national convention is going to be in Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, local ordinances, or in some cases, rejecting face masks, like in Orange County, uh, famously, in the last couple of days. Even as cases are going up in every, uh, in in many areas throughout uh, the country, um, but we're not seeing a rush to live events. In fact, in the last few weeks, uh, specifically in the last two weeks, I've actually gotten emails saying, like, "Oh no, this thing we thought we were going to postpone to October, now it's just canceled." So I wonder if uh, it's a talent concern. 
I wonder what it is because I'm actually surprised that the live event business, I mean, Vegas, Vegas is back. Right. But we're not hearing about live events. Yeah. Not even NASCAR where you can easily spread people out in those arenas. Um, and then, and that's all it is, right? It's just the fans. I mean, they already got all the uh, the race car drivers out there, and same as wrestling. So it's just the fans. I, I don't know if it's a liability issue or, or what, but the closest thing we've seen to fans has been AEW, and and then just now WWE. Well, I'll tell you. So what I think it is is this: is I think that Vegas. I mean, we've even seen this here locally with restaurants where someone in an employee's household. Um, tested positive and then the restaurant shuts down i think that they don't want to go through the whole rigmarole of selling tickets to something having people plan for something because they can't stop like they can't stop on a dime again and just say oh no we're canceling it we're refunding it we're postponing it i think that's why i think right now even vegas knows that they could shut down tomorrow if they had to that's possible you know I mean, because, well, it's the venues, right? And uh, I, I have a feeling, based on what we saw with WrestleMania weekend, companies like Evolve, who we'll talk about later, um, stuff like WrestleCon, people that lost uh, money or had to aggressively try and get out of some of their contracts. I bet you now more than ever, um, venues are putting into their contracts language that will leave people on the hook and not be able to just say force majeure, act of God, we need to get out of this. Yeah. You know? uh, we'll see. I mean, it seems like people are more and more defiant about not closing down once they've opened back up. But, you know, I, again, everything is take it as it comes. Yeah. Um, so uh, Bernie DC is saying there's supposed to be a thousand fans in Miami for NASCAR Sunday, special guests, and then 5,000 fans at Talladega next week for NASCAR as well. So ah, oh, there you go. I, I, I missed that. I don't really follow, NASCAR. I, I don't follow NASCAR. That's. I don't follow most sports, actually. Really? I did football and MMA. And you're just really into wrestling and golf. And golf, yes. Um, yeah. NASCAR, of course, making news uh, this week, uh, banning the Confederate flag at their events. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see if that actually has an impact on their attendance. Um, I think people, for the short term, are just going to be happy that they can go to sporting events again. Um, but with NASCAR, there's probably also less risk because the drivers are in cars. They're moving so fast. There's a lot of space. Well, let's ask people in the chat. If, if WWE or AEW, your favorite wrestling promotion, opens up and they come to your town with a loaded card and, uh, and they have social distancing and they, they ask that to, you to wear a mask, would you go? Uh, let's, let's see what people say. But. And it was an event. Well, here's the question. Is it an event you could watch on TV or not? Because that's the difference with most concerts. I'd say it is, but it's special. Yeah, it's like a pay per view, like a SummerSlam or a Revolution, or you know, or All Out, something like that. See, I think if you could watch it on TV, that's that's the kicker, right? Um, Because for WWE, um, I mean, wasn't wasn't a big portion of their touring revenue just those random live events that they made profitable, even though they weren't televised? No, they were losing money on the live events. Really? Like they, yeah, they've been losing money for a couple of years now on the live events. Oh, man. I mean, I went to, like, the back when SmackDown was touring on Mondays opposite Raw. I went to a SmackDown live event in Stockton, California that, like, barely filled up. Like, the, I've seen bigger crowds in high school gymnasiums for basketball games yeah. than we're at a Monday night SmackDown. Yeah. So let's look at some of these answers. Michael Virus saying, yes. Sundaysh, AEW, for sure he would. Hydro Cash, I'm going to AEW only. 
Malvin saying AEW can do 50% capacity now. In theory, they haven't yet. Uh, Fernando saying he'd go. A lot of no's. Mr. Pill, Joey Jordan, uh, Jewel Slinger, uh, Donald Lebanese saying absolutely. Bellalini saying he would. I saw it first saying, sorry, Raj, I can't take the chance with my family's mm-hmm. life. No, the overachiever. So kind of a mixed bag. I um, like uh, away. my life in the knife trade saying, sure, I'd go to AW. The likelihood of me, of me dying from COVID isn't likely at all. My life in the knife trade, don't you believe in a thing called like ironic foreshadowing? That's why <laughs> you don't make statements like that. Yeah. It's like in Scream where you, you never say, uh, I'll be right back. Yeah, seriously. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how it's back, and I think the next couple weeks are going to be critical. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people speculating now that, like, almost uh, we're in a, we're in a, a covert herd immunity plan. Like, mm-hmm. we're not calling it that, but that's really what's going on right now. People that want to stay home, stay at home. But if they're not going to take action uh, on a grand scale, and I don't know how they could ever again do another lockdown, but we'll see. It's going to be a very, we're at a very, very, very interesting time in human history. Yeah. Speaking of which, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the WWE Vacant Intercontinental Championship. This match went like, what, three or four segments tonight? Yeah. For a second, I was like, is there anything else on this show or is this going to go the rest of the show? Um, yeah. Because these guys could do I, it. I thought Sami Zayn was going to show up, cause a DQ, and then triple threat Sunday at Backlash. Was Why saying- was this on free TV? Well, I mean, I think part of it was, like I said, they had taped it the week, you know, a couple weeks ago. I true. think oh, I think it has something to do with Daniel Bryan taking some time off. You know, uh, Bree's pregnant. Um, so that would be my guess. And that that's purely a guess. But uh, it, it, that, that's the only thing that makes sense to me, why they would tape it on a different week than the rest of the show. Speaking of Bree pregnant, Total Bellas beat AEW and NXT this week in the ratings. Yeah. AEW and NXT, we'll get to that later. They both did terrible. Yeah. AEW worse because for, from what they've been doing. Uh, you know, they're the lows, all-time lows. But, uh, yeah, not a good week for anyone. Raw, SmackDown, uh, all uh, really bad this week. And did we ever find out an exact number for the backla- or uh, the uh, Evolution re-airing on FS1? I know... No, because it didn't, it didn't crack the top 150. So unless Fox sends it out, we don't get it. Well, and some people were trying to grandstand saying, oh, there shows there's no interest in women's wrestling. And it's like, yeah, idiot. Uh, WrestleMania 3, WrestleMania 31 on FS1 also didn't break the top 150. Right. Yeah. You know, that's not indicative of anything. Yeah, exactly. It's just the the first couple weeks they did it, it did, you know, it did do well. But like anything, after a while, it it loses its novelty. Yeah. Uh, Cream Pie saying, Priya and Nikki outdrawing the elite and undisputed era. (laughs) There's something to that. There's something to that, man. Yeah, Joseph Venditti, thank you for the $10 super chat saying the yeah. IC title video package was awesome. Hopefully that's a sign WWE is going all the way with the IC title and, and making it special like back in the day. I, I love that, that package. Very well and then done. Michael Cole kind of killed it when he came back and said, when you talk about the greatness of the Intercontinental Championship, you got to be talking about the Miz. <laughs> you know, when, when you're thinking of great Intercontinental Champions, the Miz is not the... He made the title prestigious again, right? Forget <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. There's no disrespect to the Miz, but come on. I don't know, man. Like, Savage, Warrior, you know, uh, Steamboat. I mean, granted, Steamboat only held it a couple months, but uh, still the, the, the caliber of athlete and where they went from there. Um, 
and using I it would as a stepping stone. Gladly take four years ago the Miz, the Talking Smack promo, his Intercontinental Championship run. Like that was great. It's weird. It's weird to have nostalgia for something so recent. I don't find myself sitting there thinking about other things from 2016. Like, oh, remember that? Like, but no, with WWE, it's amazing how far we've come since then, and not necessarily for the better. Yeah, they get tamer and tamer every year as far as uh, authenticity and, and intensity and things like that. It's uh, yeah. Saying bring back Ryan Ward and uh, Road Dog. I don't think Road Dog wants to do it anymore. Vince will Vinceify it, and we'll we'll talk more about that with Heyman. Yeah, but this match with AJ and Daniel was absolutely fantastic. Uh, ended with AJ winning and becoming the new Intercontinental Champion. If you seriously like. They should re-show this on the pre-show at oh no, see, but again it'll upstage edge versus uh Orton. But um this was such a good match. This it was awesome, the top man. of the game. I, I in my opinion, this was the best match of the uh, empty arena era as far as well, uh, as far as a match with the not counting the cinematic stuff. And even with the cinematic, it's probably still the best. Wow. Um, in my opinion, yeah. I mean, can you think of anything that's better? I mean, I really liked uh, both WrestleMania cinematic matches. I thought that was good. Uh, the non-cinema stuff, I'm trying to think what's been really great. Um, I know NXT, particularly the women, have had some really good matches. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's the thing. It's not the matches right now that are the problem. With WWE, so we've talked about this before, but I get those fan council surveys all the time, and I'm always very clear when filling them out that it's like the in-ring athleticism is, is the best thing week in and week out on the show. I don't think that's, but that's not drawing eyes though. No, like, that's I mean, not athleticism. It's 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 a dime a dozen right now. You see great matches, you know, for hours every week. Uh, Tammy here uh, saying AJ is the oh, top yeah. champ on SmackDown right now. Can't take Braun seriously. And I had tweeted this actually earlier. I said I wouldn't mind Braun versus Miz and Morrison if it's a comedy mid card feud, but as a world title match, it just. It's ridiculous, you know, the, the buildup, you know, you got slime. When you think of world title matches of the past and this one, you got people getting slimed and, and the sophomoric stuff, it's just, uh, it's asinine for a buildup for a world title match, in my opinion. Joey Adorjan firing shots. I thought Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan was Wow. Good. That was a really good match as well. That was really good, but this had the personalities as well. Like, both, you know, with that, you knew Daniel Bryan was going to win. With this, you you know, I mean, I figured AJ Styles was going to win because of AJ Styles lost last week, the, the Raj mm. math. But, uh, but uh, other than that, it could have gone either way, and they're both former world champions. So uh, just the, the magnitude of star power in this was much greater. Um, um, Justin, yeah. Justin Andrews saying AJ versus Matt Riddle at SummerSlam for the IC title. I think it's too soon. I don't think you should have AJ drop it yet, and you shouldn't beat Matt Riddle yet. They're hyping it, man. We saw another vignette tonight, so he's going to debut next Friday. Yeah. Uh, we saw. You more... do like Matt Riddle versus Nakamura or something like that, or Cesaro. I'm sure that'll happen, but that's not. I mean. Let me put it this way. If that's Matt Riddle's first feud, that will tell you he's not coming in at the top. He's coming in as a mid-carder. Well, no one comes in right at the top. I no, mean, they have before. Who? I'm trying to think. Someone has. <laughs> Finn Balor no. did. Finn Balor came in right at Finn the Balor, top. Finn Balor, yeah. Finn Balor was the one because they needed to uh, build a top star because Roman was on that suspension. So there. 
I have right. one example. Right. You got one. <laughs> but usually you want to you want to highlight them, show them, and then build them, and then keep taking them up to the next level until they get to the world title picture. If Matt gets over, and the problem right now you're seeing is I think Vince, because you don't have that crowd reaction, you're just seeing people coming in and out of TV so quickly. Like Liv Morgan's, you know, getting a push, then all of a sudden she's missing. You had Bianca Belair there for a bit. Then all of a sudden, she's missing. Shayna Baszler was getting a push. She's just MIA. Brendan Vink was getting a push for a couple weeks. I wouldn't really call that a push. Brendan Vink was there. and they Well, they beat, uh, they beat Ricochet yeah. and, and Cedric Alexander, and it looked like they were aligning them with MVP. So Michael, the virus, Kevin, and my channel pointing out Kevin Owens. So that's the question. Is Matt Riddle going to be the next Kevin Owens and Finn Balor, or is he going to be the next Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura? Well, didn't Kevin Owens, he came in and then he got beat. Like, he beat John Cena right off the bat and then he got beat right away. And then he was kind of delegated down the card pretty pretty quickly. Uh, That's why I think... Cain Velasquez (laughs) came in right at the top. Okay, Tyson Fury then. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. saying, The PS5 was shown yesterday. Rod, very bold and great design. Will you buy? You gonna buy it, Glenn? I mean, you're probably the not right away. Well, I'm the gamer. I've in a past life, sure. Um, probably not right away, unless there's something that I like have to have on it. Uh, I mean, Spider-Man was what got me to buy a PS4. I bought an Xbox when they came out. I mean, there's always like one game for me that I really want to play because I just don't have time otherwise yeah, to nice. just play something start to finish. I want to play more video games, but. I thought when this pandemic hit, I even tweeted out like asking yeah. for video game suggestions because I thought I was going to have all this free time. But maybe it's been busier than ever. It's uh, it's been crazy. Um, Justin Lepis, he's hitting the nail right on the head. Ziggler will be his first view, just like everyone else from NXT. You're probably right, and that's not a good sign. Well, look, I don't see Matt Riddle in this incarnation going that far that high up i don't okay. see him being a world champion let, let me tell you how we know sandals. we're in trouble let me know how we're mm-hmm. we'll tell you how we're in trouble and mark my words on this for next friday if dolph ziggler comes out and interrupts matt riddle and cuts a promo and in that promo makes a reference to what matt's smoking or some weed reference it's it's all doomed like that's that's going to be dolph's opening promo against matt riddle i mean just history tells you the kind of guys vince likes and he, he's not going to get a Matt Riddle. I, I bet you, I can tell he's going to find him annoying. And, uh, you know, I, and I could see it. Matt Riddle's not one of those that appeals to everyone. He's not like, a, a, you know, a, a cross sports, you know, icon like, you know, like The Rock or, you know, a lot of the top pro wrestling stars portray themselves. Like, a, you know, that could go on a talk show and, and you know, parents want their kids to look after, look, you know, after them. Uh, Matt Riddle is not really that guy in this incarnation. If he changed his character up, if he ever down the road turned heel, gets rid of the flip flops, gets rid of the the surfer voice, I could see him being. A, <laughs> so a not, real if he's player. not himself, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you use elements of your personality, but not. Um, yeah. I'll say this, and maybe this is uh, the booze talk, and I'm going to be a little real here. I'm not a fan of G Funk, but I think Matt Riddle's theme is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think G-Funk was just a little, like, it got a little repetitive with, with the hip and the hop and the kids and the, and the chronic and the smoking, you know, the doobies. I still like it. Really? So that, That's your yeah. favorite hip-hop era, though? I mean, is it like, I mean, think about, like, okay, yeah. you got the old, old school. Like, I'm talking, you know, Sugar Hill Gang to UTFO, let's say even to Run DMC. Yeah. 
Then you've got like Beastie Boys, Slick Rick, Dougie Fresh, up to probably like Vanilla Ice is the next sort of like like bookmark of it, right? Uh, NWA. But then you've got the Chronic that came out and changed everything, like that first early era of gangster rap. Yeah, I, I love that era with Tupac, Dre, uh, Biggie. Um, and then you also had the underground stuff with Most Def and Talib Kweli and Tribe Called Quest. That was a little later, though. That was like later 90s. That was like two years, yeah. Sort of like that was the second half of the gangster rap. I'm talking like 93. In 93, yeah. all of hip hop sounded like Matt Riddle's theme. I, I, I love that year for hip hop, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very and interesting. I love the. Uh, the Eminem Dre years and, and Jay Z. Well, that's jumping way ahead to like yeah. 2000. I mean, there's a lot of different eras I, I really like. True. I'm working on a fan of like... the current era, other than. The weekend. Not really hip hop, but he has done Maybe. work with Drake. Uh, I'm working on a hip hop playlist that I've been making for months to share with the wrestling uh, wrestling inc audience yeah because it comes up so much on this i'm just trying to trying to pick the right the right jams as it were thomas mcgoldrick wants to know where did i buy this shirt quality wardrobe craftsmanship uh this and the other fine button-down shirt you see me wearing on this podcast i bought at kohl's where all suburban i shop for their clothing uh because we think that kohl's cash somehow is like somehow we're working the system with the kohl's cash they suck you in they suck you in with that kohl's cash I know that's how they get you to come back. That and the discounts I got. I opened I opened a Kohl's charge card. What the hell's up with that? Because I was like, oh, I could save thirty more percent, and I can't figure out: are they ripping me off or am I ripping them off? You don't even buy anything, and you're getting Kohl's cash. It's like, Seriously. oh my god, I gotta go. I gotta go before this up. I miss shopping at Kohl's, man. I just can't do it online. It's not the same. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do when everything opens back up. I'm going to Kohl's. Probably just to buy some more T-shirts because I wear. The only time I wear a button-down shirt now is on this podcast. Yeah. There you go. Don't want to look like a slob more than I naturally do. Uh, anyhow, let's talk. Uh, robbed tonight of seeing that Miz and Morrison music video. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, before that, we had the uh, celebration tonight with Sasha Banks and Bailey. Bailey was going to read a poem, but she was so rudely interrupted by Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And then the iconic setting up this three-way match for this uh, for the tag ta- the women's tag team championship at Backlash. Um, what did you think of this promo segment? And man, again, I want to pour a little liquor out in Matt Morgan's honor because they were riding that blueprint thing hard tonight with Sasha. Because <laughs> every time a little piece of me dies inside. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's too bad. Like because I think Sasha and Bailey they could have a really kick-ass feud, and it, these segments just treat them so catty and uh, irritating that. Uh, I don't know. They just don't. I, I I just feel like they don't know how to write for these women a lot of times. And uh, I don't know. I just found it annoying. My wife really doesn't like the iconics. She finds them very annoying. I they I've turned a corner. I didn't like them for a long time, and uh, now I think they're hilarious and charming. I find them good for what they are. But as far as title contenders, I'd rather see building some legitimacy in, in these tag titles because they haven't had any yet. And uh, and I, I think, think the it, Iconics are in their match to take the pin. Probably. I agree. But it's good they're doing something. I mean, they weren't on TV forever. Yeah. No, 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 for sure. And, and I, again, I have no problem with the Iconics. I just think uh, I'd like to see a, a real feud, like uh, going back in the day, like you had with you know the Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation, something like that for the women's tag division, where it's, it's serious. It's really about the titles, and you have these great matches, and that, that builds it up. And... Uh, yeah, I, 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 that's what I'd like to see. I feel like 
the women's tag titles, I don't know. I mean, they're there. They give stakes. Well, that's the thing. Whenever people talk about adding new titles, they're like, they should have separate women's tag titles for Raw and SmackDown, or they should have a mixed tag title. It's like every time they add a new title, it means less and less. Like, what does the Cruiserweight title mean? You know, like because it's built in stakes. So here's my thing, and maybe I'm insane with this, but forget titles. Give me a story. And if you have a story that involves a title, great. But if you have good stories, nobody gives a shit if there's a title involved. Yeah. They don't get that. And if you do have a title in it with a good story, it's that much sweeter. It is. Absolutely. Um, Because we've been talking about this uh, on the podcast about, oh, if they did a women's show, people are like, oh, they just need to add a women's mid-card title. And it's like, no, because then we will literally, that's all it will be for the women will be the main titles, the mid-card title, and the the tag team team titles. And that'll be it. We'll get no stories with the women. We'll just lean on that crutch. Julian Bravo saying, talk about Tessa Blanchard. I know people like to crap on Charlotte Flair. Could you imagine a Charlotte Flair versus Tessa Blanchard feud? That would just be money. It'd be good. Um, I still think Charlotte would go over in the end because it depends. She's homegrown talent. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, again, we'd have to see how Tessa does in that system. But if she gets really over with, with the crowd, I mean, who knows? I mean, Becky Lynch, you know? Yeah. They had every chance to sign Tessa. Well, Tessa has had attitude issues in the past, and she, there, I mean she's had issues. I mean, she, we've seen there's it. been some controversy. It's been pretty public, uh, uh, some of it, and and not you know just people feeling like she was a bully and things like that. So, uh, and you know, from all accounts, everything I've heard with people I talked to in Impact, she she's changed. When when you talk to Vince Russo to get those Impact scoops, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Vince, if you're <laughs> watching, we're this, kidding. I'm kidding. We're okay. kidding. I yes. thought it was just funny that people like with everything going on in the last couple of days, like that's a story people are trying to make happen. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a lot actually going on. That's weird speculation at this point. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens on Sunday with those tag titles of backlash. And then uh, again, we didn't get to see that Ms. Morrison music video new. Hey, Hey one. Like they were using that eighties VHS filter like crazy, but it was interrupted by Braun Strowman. Let me say this. Tonight with the plexiglass, I don't know what they did with the lighting, but it looked so badass. I don't even know if this was intentional. The reflections on the plexiglass that you could see, like, when Braun was making that entrance. Go back and look at it. Like, it looks really cool the way that the light was reflecting off that. Braun was reflecting on that. Like, I loved that entrance. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And real quick for the chat room, there's a few Russo comments. Would you rather have... Russo 98 WWF booking and rem- and for those of you watching in 98 where you had the the rise of DX and The Rock and Stone Cold uh The Undertaker moving to the next level um you know getting out of that overly gimmicky character or would you like what you're seeing right now This is nothing against Vince Russo but I right now would prefer the WWE picking a name at random out of the phone book, wrestling fan or not, and having them in charge of creative versus what we see most weeks. Yeah. I think we might do better. Maybe someone that's not even a wrestling fan. Seriously. Like, just give me, give me like an 80-year-old woman who just watches soap operas and refers to them as her stories. I think she could do a more interesting job than what we get most Mondays and Fridays. Michael Virus saying, not a fair comparison. What's not fair? Vince Russo in WWF with what he was doing with working with Vince in WWF with Vince as his editor, Vince McMahon. 
during his whole his whole run in WWF or what you're seeing now. Okay. So, uh, so my far, books, it's uh, all 98 Russo. <laughs> what's Ryan so, so, Ward up to? Is he there uh, still? I think I thought he was. Uh, thought he was on Raw now. Is but he? I, that was the last I heard. I, I'm not sure. His era when he and Road Dog were in charge of SmackDown was the best, was the most consistent we've had for Raw or SmackDown in the last four years. I still think NXT, NXT's on a great, um, has been pretty good creatively, especially with the women, but I don't want them to destroy that by taking that person out of there to go to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, so, this main event tonight. Man, if you thought AJ versus Daniel Bryan was great, how about Braun Strowman teaming up with Heavy Machinery versus the Miz, uh, John Morrison, and Dolph Ziggler? In a what a contrast match. that was to go from AJ versus Daniel Bryan. You were talking about New Day earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, going from the, the, the piss in the face like, to New Day. Yeah. To go from AJ and Daniel Bryan to Braun and, and the recap of, you know, the slime and all that. It's, uh, it's quite the contrast. You got to love WWE. And what was the backstage thing? Corbin, like, hitting on Mandy Rose? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they're building Otis and Corbin. So, you know what just... Corbin's starting to seem kind of like? And I encourage going... I think Corbin needs to, to be, like, about 25% more Biff Tannen, and I think Corbin will be fantastic. Get rid of the the uh, the crown and the, the king outfit. And a little bit more Biff, and you got something there. Yeah, like he almost needs to just play into some of the absurdity of what Have he's some doing. of the bad puns, like the yeah. make like a tree and get out of here. Like Baron Corbin, I love you, and I, I love the work that you've done, and I think you've come such a long way. But Corbin is almost too sincere sometimes. I think if he played it a little more like he was in on the joke, I think it would work better. I can see that. You know, he's playing it a little straight. It's a little more his personality. I think he needs to amplify it and be a little, a little bit, not be afraid to come across a little uh, bit goofier sometimes. Yeah. Before we uh, get into this last match, let me uh, let me get some of these Russo uh, answers out of the way because there are a ton, <laughs> there are a ton in here. Uh, most people are that answered today or ninety eight Russo are saying ninety eight Russo. Uh, Michael Virus pointing out Mike Vince McMahon is different then and now, and that's the big difference. It, that is true. Uh, yeah, that is definitely true. Um, Sarah saying, Raj, even Russo can't book like he did in 98. He's changed. He's gone off the deep end. I still think it'd be better than what we got. Um, well, the challenge is that almost a lack of experience, um, and this is nothing against Vince Russo. I like Vince Russo. We've had him on the podcast before. You know, we get along. I think that the work he's done has been great. I don't always agree with his viewpoints, uh, but he's certainly, you know, I, I, I'm entertained watching him. But what I'm saying is I think that the journey and the discovery sometimes is what creates greatness. Look how many filmmakers out there, their first movie. Look at Kevin Smith's a great example. Clerks was great. Mallrats was great. Uh, Chasing Amy, Dogma, um, Jane Saw Bob Strike Back. And then once he had a sense he knew what he was doing and tried to make Jersey Girl and Tusk and those other films, there's something about talent that's coming up that you're going to get something that's a little more sincere, personal, and passionate and not as overthought. Yeah. I, I do think, you know, I'm not saying Russo in charge of everything, but as a, if you did bring him in as a consultant to work with guys like Drew, 
um, you know, worked with some of the, the top guys to help define their character a little bit. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm again, I'm not saying head of creative, who knows? Um, I, but I think in some capacity, he did always try to find a way to enhance talent. Worked in WWF, WCW, it didn't. Uh, but, um, yeah. And in fact, I've been an advocate that I think they need to switch to a Saturday Night Live model of having talent work with producers and writers to just come up with stuff. And then the head of creative is like someone that just helps sift through that and make sure the best stuff goes on the air rather than having somebody... You know, like having a small committee dictating everything. Yeah. I believe well, it should be a meritocracy. We talked about this uh, on the Saturday Night's Main Event podcast last night. Uh, Vince McMahon back in the day, it, he seemed like he would be staying up at night thinking about these storylines. Like with Hogan and Savage, where does it go? And where do we go from here? And how do we get there? And really you know, like stressing to think about how they get there and, and loving uh, the, you know, when they hit a home run and, and, uh, and the Vince now, I don't think he, he cares about the storylines until he gets to TV. And then that day he's, whatever he comes up with, he comes up with, forgets about it until the next week. That's why stuff's all over the place. He just doesn't, he just doesn't care long-term about the storylines. He cares that day. And uh, he just really needs to, let that creative aspect yeah, go. Stop rewriting. So could you imagine if Lauren Michaels rewrote every sketch on SNL? Oh my God. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And imagine if he was, is Lauren as old as Vince? He's I mean, he actually is, uh, might be. He doesn't look as old as Vince. Yeah. Lauren Michaels Vince, is 75 years old. Oh, so, and Vince is what? 73. Uh, I believe so. Yes. 73 or 74. Uh, 74. So yeah. there you go. That's so, the comparison. <laughs> Lauren looks like 20 years younger than Vince. Lauren, like, why are people I mean, saying like like I'm burying Russo? I'm not burying Russo. I'm just saying that I think we need somebody fresh in this role. I want somebody that's not done this before at all because I think we need new ideas with wrestling. Wrestling has changed. Wrestling has evolved. And I think that the thought that somebody, anybody, just because they've done this in the past doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have the finger on the pulse of it right now. It's the same reason you see this with TV too. It's um, the guys that produce Cheers – probably aren't the best minds to be producing a sitcom right now. Paul Reiser had Mad About You was a huge hit. Paul Reiser's last three sitcoms have flopped terrible. You know, including the Mad About yeah. You reboot, not doing well. It's like I'm saying I want somebody that's new and that's fresh. We need more people with more ideas coming into this business. This isn't just about having limited power powerful gatekeepers. By the way, this goes for Bruce Pritchard. This goes for Paul Heyman. This goes for anyone. Like just because you've been doing this for a long time doesn't necessarily mean you're going to create the next classic era of wrestling. Because Vince Russo wasn't always Vince Russo, and that's when he did his best work. When there wasn't, like, this hype about it, you need somebody that gets in there, has fresh ideas. You know, it's what they say about bands as well. The reason why most bands, their first album is great, you know why, Raj? Because they had their entire mm -hmm. life to write that first album. You had your entire life to write the first album. You had six months to write the second. I will say this about uh, Vince. We, you know, he used to do our Monday Night Podcast. And back in the day when he would give how he would do it, Almost every time, it was way superior to what was done on sure. TV. Um, so I do think he'd be an improvement. But I, I do see your point in getting some young blood, getting moving some young blood to the top, and you know, getting this product out of this stale shell shell that it's in. I mean, could the I don't think the ratings could potentially even go any lower right now. I mean, I, <laughs> every time I say I think that it it does. So. I, I wrote that uh, first hour of Raw using AI predictive text. 
Like, I think, you know, <laughs> at that point, anything's a step up from this, but that's the thing. Like, they've got to do something different. They've got to shake things up. Now is not the time to stagnate. And in fact, I've been saying this this entire time. The, the WWE should have looked at COVID and no audience is saying, now is our chance to really experiment with what a professional wrestling show could be. And instead, they've just tried to, to replicate what it was. And the things that we've loved the most... The Boneyard match, Firefly Funhouse match, the things we've loved the most have been when they stepped outside of their comfort zone. And we need more of that, not less. Need something. But then again, maybe they'll be back in arena soon. Which, I mean, I don't know that that's going to turn around the ratings either. No, no. I mean, it's still been going down every year. It'll just probably stop the bleeding some. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah um, well, let's get through the show and we'll we'll, we'll talk well, more about. I mean, it the six man tag match. This goes back I mean, to Heyman. I could do another two hours on this six man tag match. Yeah, you know, Tucker. We got Tucker is back. This is I big know, news. Tuck. It's huge. Tucker, the uh, heavy machinery reunited. Tucker, Tucker returns. <laughs> and uh, they teased it, Mandy bringing out the uh, briefcase to Otis. Like, oh, is he going to cash in on Braun for a hot second? But um, they yeah. were all raising their hands and happy and they went off the air they shouldn't even tease the money in the bank cash in without fans in attendance because part of that is the pop you know in my opinion i don't know oh this is funny uh jewel slinger saying i said shake it up vince tried that vince what vince thinks is shaking it up if it involves vince isn't shaking it up how many things do you think vince has shook up in his life in the last 20 years i think every time he says it he means it that day Vince is still eating steak with ketchup on it. Like, Vince ain't even trying Heinz 57 or Sriracha. Vince doesn't shake things up. So, uh, here's a little weirdness. A little confession, if it were. You, you usually do them, and yeah. I will do, uh, I'll do one. Uh, back in, when I was in middle school, in, in elementary school in New Mexico, at the cafeteria, they'd serve burritos with yeah. ketchup. <gasps> and ever since then, if I ever get frozen burritos, I dip it in ketchup, and it's really freaking good. I don't do steaks with ketchup, but burritos with ketchup, try it. It's really good. Frozen burrito. I'm a big fan of. Uh, I like the I like the sriracha. I like the tapatio, or as yeah, I used to mispronounce it, the tapatio. If it's a I'm high level burrito from like a Mexican restaurant, then burrito. then yes, I'm doing a tapatio. But if it's a microwavable burrito, ketchup is the way to go. You know what's super good? And this actually is kind of like ketchup. Um, I've been buying from uh, oh, uh, Humble House hot sauces. They make this uh, ancho tamarind sauce. Mm. So with tamarind, you have like that sweetness. Yeah. Oh, I know tamarind um, very well. Very yeah, so well. I've, I've been having uh, like this ancho tamarind and sriracha on my frozen burritos that I eat in the morning. Uh, it's been absolutely fantastic. Like seriously, like – and if, if you're someone that's – has not experienced a good tamarind like barbecue sauce before it is life-changing but it is that sort of sweetness and full bodyness with just the right amount of smokiness and heat you know what else is really good hmm. okay. uh so I, I, let's move on after this one first thing ketchup mixed with mayo is good to go there is actually a, a dip that we made with sriracha and mayo it's a, a little sriracha bit of mayo with sriracha What's that? Sriracha mayo. In fact, if, if you're hot sauce averse, if you're afraid of any hot sauce, my recommendation, mix it with mayonnaise. I got some of the last stab triple X uh, from hot ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stuff is, I mean, literally fire. 
but I put just a little bit of that in with a whole, with like a tablespoon of mayonnaise, yeah. and it's like the perfect Good amount stuff. of heat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the key. Uh, you know, ketchup and mayonnaise. I mean, that's just Thousand Island. That's the special sauce at McDonald's yeah. on your Big Mac. All right. I was very dismayed and disillusioned when I found out that was a special sauce on the Big Mac. <laughs> that was part of my upbringing. That's when I yeah. really grew up and became a man. When life I can be that. hard sometimes. Life can be. Um, so, what else is uh, going on in the world of wrestling this week? Did we see? Did we say who won? Let's uh, the, the finish with one Braun, Heavy Machinery. Who, who they beat? I'm already. I already forgot who they pinned. Uh, I'm gonna say Ziggler. Yes, Otis did the Caterpillar. And the elbow drop on Ziggler for the pin and the win. For for go. the what did I call it the other night? The windfall. That's the win via pinfall. The windfall. Let me run down this backlash card. Well, we'll we'll, we'll run down after Paul Heyman. Um, all right. So Paul Heyman uh, was removed as the executive director of WWE Monday Night Raw. Uh, Vince McMahon has apparently been very upset with uh, with Heyman. So basically, a year ago, uh, when Paul Heyman joined, he he basically told Vince that it's going to take 18 months to start building new stars, and and you know Vince at that time went along with it. Uh, since then, uh, a year later, and this is also unfair because because of COVID, but the last six weeks, five of the last six weeks have been the lowest rated shows in history. The, the five of the lowest rated shows in, in history have been in the last six weeks. Uh, they're doing about 1.75 to 1.78 million viewers a week. Again, it dropped a lot with COVID, but even before COVID in February, which was the first full month uh, before the uh, before the pandemic, they did 2.3 million viewers, and that was down 14% from 2.7 at in February of last year. So, you know, big drop year after year. Obviously, a much bigger um, since COVID. Uh, and I think Vince just just finally just gave up. And, and I think right now he's kind of in a panic. You saw it with the XFL. Instead of waiting it out a year, he just cut his losses. Basically uh, tried to get out of paying Oliver Luck. He so far has. We'll see where the lawsuit goes with the XFL. Um, he fired his co-presidents um, before the pandemic. I mean, it's been a, it's been a wild year. Vince is, I, he, I don't know, he just feels... He just feels a little uh, off his marbles a little bit. I mean, I, I can understand uh, being unhappy about the ratings, but all the shows have been down. SmackDown has been down. AEW has been down. AEW just did their lowest rating, uh, you know, their lowest ratings this past Wednesday. Um, oh, lowest rating in 18 to 49 and third lowest rating in overall uh, uh, viewership. So it's just, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. So Paul Heyman is no longer working there as an executive. He is still under a talent contract. And, um, yeah, that's where that, that is right now. And, and during an investor's call in, 20, you know, in, in late April, Vince had said that the reason why raw ratings were down was because of all the new talent. It's going to take time, but he was confident that they will rebound. But uh, apparently he lost his patience. Yeah. So a year ago it was announced. It was in late June. Bischoff was taking over SmackDown. Heyman was taking over Raw. Didn't even last a year. I like now Bruce, Bruce Pritchard. Oh, real quick, Bruce Pritchard now is in charge of both brands. Which so is I crazy. Think, I mean, as soon as brand split started, 
you know, I, I would say the steps. Like, first they start, you know, merging the pay-per-views again. And then you start seeing people on the other shows. Then eventually they just bring them back together. And I think you're starting to see that. I think the brand split will be a thing of the past by the end of the year. Maybe. Looking back, yes, we had Bruce on this very podcast back in January of 2018. Was it 2018? January of 2018. Oh my god, that feels like five years ago. He's the, and I like Bruce. He's very nice. Uh, oh, I've always I, had I, great interactions with him. Um, certainly, I do a lot of business with his podcast on behalf of my clients. Um, I think that SmackDown for me has been the better show. But again, it's now it depends on what Bruce does with this opportunity and what the impact is on the project. I'm I'm, I'm going to be optimistic about it, but at the same time. Again, this, we should be getting more voices, more people involved, and it's a question of how is he going to run this new creative. And it, here's here's more of a fair comparison. If you could take two hours of Raw against two hours, you know, a regular SmackDown, what's the better show? You take the two two best, you know, the best of Raw in two hours against SmackDown, and what's better? Because that third hour kills. In SmackDown, it would be the same way. The best thing for WWE would be for their ratings on Fox to go up, and Fox makes a big play for Raw uh, when the contracts come up in, I guess it's like four years. And then if they do get Raw, then Raw has to go to two hours because of the local news. Um, <laughs> That's wishful thinking. I really blame this on the uh, heavy machine, or not heavy, uh, the Viking Warriors, Viking Raiders. See, Matt's got me confused now on what their <laughs> damn name is. The Viking Raiders uh, and uh, Street Profits in all these competitions, like, I think that was the final straw for Vince. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Vince likes him. Really? Yeah. He likes that kind of stuff. He's like, ah, ha, ha, that's good shit, pal. And the weird thing Turn is, him. okay... On paper, that could actually be good, but the execution was so hokey. It's not, you know, it's one of those things I expected to be worse than it, than it was. <laughs> it's not good. There's nothing clever in them, and I keep hoping to see something clever in, in these, and, and there's not. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> there's so many problems right now with, uh, with all of wrestling. You know, I know I, I enjoy AEW as well, you know. It, overall as a wrestling fan every week as far as the presentation goes but when i watch that show i'm like this is not going to bring in mainstream viewers or people outside of the wrestling bubble this is with all the goofiness it's very contained to this audience and and uh that's the thing about tonight like if we hadn't seen the urine segment tonight like it's a little it's interesting that that's uh the first shot fired of the Bruce Pritchard in charge of all creative era. Like Bruce Pritchard's in charge of everything. Opening um, segment just bam. This was taped last week. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not a metaphor for how this is all going to go. This, this was taped last week, but Bruce has been in charge of SmackDown. Vince throwing a warm cup of urine in the audience's face. <laughs> that's what wrestling in WWE. Watch, is. That's probably going to be the highest rated segment of the show. <laughs> I will say this. They shot it, and I understand this is why they reshot it. If you look back at the HBK uh vince uh shane moment with that the camera tonight was done it was much better like presentation tonight you go more clearly see what was happening better reaction but the level and it's weird saying it with jeff hardy because jeff hardy's a big star but when you had vince and Sh you know sean michaels in the ring that's a different animal because those guys are 
Those guys are epic. What do you think they used for the prop urine? It looked like beer to me, didn't it? Nah, there was like no flat beer. I mean, like really flat. Even flat beer looks. Yeah, a little... just leave it open for you know half a day. Probably not beer. That does seem a little weird. That oh yeah, you went. Well, yeah, you, you don't apple want... juice, food coloring. Yeah, you could do that. Somebody, uh, somebody wants to give us an anonymous tip. If you want to become a new inside source in the WWE? My DMs are open. Let me know what was used for the fake urine, <laughs> or maybe it wasn't fake. That would be oh, that would be dun, a rib. Done. That'd be uh, Sheamus has got heat backstage. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't believe we're talking about this. Like if like sir, like. Matt really had something else going on tonight, right? He didn't just think I'm running a campaign. I'm no, not going to go mean, on a podcast and talk about a guy throwing urine as on another guy. The piss, he's like, I can't. Yeah, I'm like, running for office. Yeah, I'm running for commission. I can't do this. Yeah. Because <laughs> seriously, dude, like, I, I got to be honest, man. In terms of my career highlights, this ain't going on my reel. <laughs> and guys, feel free to, uh, to send over anything else in the chat you want us to talk about. Let's go through these AEW versus NXT ratings real quick. Yeah. Uh, AEW barely beat NXT this week by less than a percent in overall viewers. 677,000 viewers. They were down 7% from last week, while NXT did 673,000 viewers, and they fell 6% from last week. So both shows down a lot from last week. But for Dynamite, it was their second worst, you know, lowest audience this year, uh, the third lowest in their history. Uh, for NXT, it was not the case. They, it was their 11th lowest. So it's on their lower end, but it, it's not you know, in, in the top 10 of the lowest. It, just barely out of that. 18-49, uh, Dynamite scored a .23, down 21% from last week. And it is tied for their worst rating in that demo ever. And so that's the demo that they really um, you know, have been clinging on to, is that whether we... You know, no matter what the total viewers is, it's the 18 to 49 demo that's important. And uh, it wasn't good. Uh, NXT did a 0.16. Uh, they've had other shows do a 0.16, and they've had four shows that have scored lower. So even though AEW beat NXT, this was one of those weeks where it was worse for AEW. And again, you know, I look at AEW, in my opinion, watching it, I find it to be the most watchable show in this empty arena era. But Something's not clicking with AEW either. And when I do watch it, thinking to myself as a casual fan, because I have to like almost get myself in wrestling mode uh, because I feel like I've seen it all. Uh, did you that, see the Howard Stern clip that's been making the rounds? I did, yes. So Howard Stern loves Goldust and has some clips from an interview. I believe I liked when Goldust was doing like a Tourette's. Yeah, he doesn't love like '90s Goldust when he was like super edgy and everything. Yeah. He loved the when Goldust had the Tourette's gimmick. So Howard was saying, "Whatever happened to that guy?" And then Robin, uh, or somebody says that, "Oh, uh, he's in this company AEW." And Robin said, "Yeah, it's like a backyard wrestling promotion." Yeah, they had no idea what AEW. They had no was. idea they, what AEW here. And that and that and that's what I mean when I was saying earlier about getting out of this wrestling bubble for AEW to get out. And I just see too much goofy, goofy stuff. And I, it's always good to have some comedy. But when you got Chris Statlander doing the alien stuff, I could just see a casual fan that watches football and basketball and UFC and then watches that and sees this the alien stuff. And then you see the best friends hugging. You can have some of it a little bit. You know, I think Orange Cassidy is something someone that people will find kind of amusing. But when you got too much of that on a show... It's not going to draw enough viewers in. You need more 
uh, larger than life characters and uh, and it's it's actually largeness. I mean, they're trying to have it both ways, though, right? Because here they are. Tony Khan is a sports guy, owns an right. NFL team. They kept talking, wins and losses are going to matter. We're going to have fantasy right. wrestling leagues. We're going to do all these things like real sports. Um, right. And then at the same time, they have the larger-than-life characters. Like, I think that AEW is still figuring out, like, what its brand is. And uh, they're, they're, you know, they're not committed to one side or the other. And like Mr. Miyagi said, you know, middle of the road, squish like grape. So, right. uh yeah. I think there's a lesson we can all learn there. When they do serious, they do it better than anyone in wrestling. The Cody stuff is, you know, comes to mind right off the bat. His stuff with MJF, his stuff with Jericho. Fantastic. If they had more of that on the show, I think that it would be it'd be awesome. But then you got so much of the cornball comedy. And I I don't mean Jericho cuz Jericho when he does it, it it feels like a big segment. It's not, you know, mm. cuz wrestling there's a difference between Steve Austin doing comedy and Santino Morella. You yeah. can say comedy is comedy and, oh, well, what about, you know, uh, the Bushwhackers? Well, the Bushwhackers weren't on top or even close to the top. Steve Austin's funny. His promos were funny. The Rock was funny, but they weren't comedy characters. They weren't goofy. And you got a lot of goofy right now. That being said, I think Orange Cassidy would have been a huge star in WWE. We'll see. I, I don't think Vince would have gotten him. You don't think so? No. To me, I mean, it was I think, Vin, I, I think yeah. Vince would have found it stupid, like No Way Jose, or yeah, I mean, just look over over time who Vince really pushes. You know, Roman, Drew, uh, Brock, uh, Cena. I mean, you, you kind of get the the guys he's going for. Yeah, I don't know. It is interesting. Uh, all right, guys. Fernando oh, backlash Perez, prediction. backlash predictions. Yeah, let's uh, talk. Do we have a super chat? Want to uh, quickly Jewel Slinger four ninety nine? Where does AEW go with Mox after he beats Brian Cage at Fighter Fest? So I think first of all, I thought it was a big mistake to beat Lance Archer right off the bat and Brody Lee right off the bat. Already, I feel like they've lost steam. We talk about it all the time with Matt. It's like that genie in the bottle. Once someone, when, yeah. when you're pushing someone as a monster and you see him get beat it takes away that that aura and we've already seen that with them i would like to see brian cage kick the shit out of moxley beat him moxley wow. takes a little time off uh goes to japan if he can because new japan's opening back up and then comes back uh and then it's that underdog versus you know this this monster i think it'd be cool as hell and in the meantime Brian Cage could, you know, feud with uh, God. What other top baby faces do they had? Cody can't wrestle him. Jeez, who else do they got? You know, people keep talking about AEW building all these stars, and as far as on the main event level, the guy, yeah, it's I mostly mean, MJF, WWE guys. MJF, he's not. He's getting there. He will be there. Darby should be there, but Darby's not there yet. He's not there. Um, no, it's a good question. It's a good point. Yeah. Sean Spears? No, but that's not. No, no. Sean Spears uh, has been a job guy. He was. He yeah. Had, okay, okay. Well, he was who else? Beaten by Dustin Rose, had Tully on his, t- his undies. Um, um, who else is on the <laughs> Really? Uh, Kenny Omega, they've squandered. I, mean, I wouldn't say squandered. They could easily move him back up, but he's not the star he was uh, you know, before he signed with AEW. I think Kenny versus Moxley sounds. They could always do it. But he, it, Kenny isn't as big as he was uh, coming off of New Japan. Adam Joseph, Page, yes. Corey Springer, that's a good call. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, Joseph Venditti, $5 super chat. Sorry. <laughs> we keep uh, overriding. Go yeah, ahead. I'm going to do it. Hands off. 
What do you guys think? Will Adam? Oh, what do you guys think? Will Adam Cole go to AEW to join Britt Baker, or will he resign? I really hope not. Now, I just want to point this out. This has been my crusade on the, this podcast, Twitter, and life for the past six months. If, if you're talking about somebody renewing a contract, put re-hyphen sign because <laughs> he's not going to resign. Same word. As society, we need to really learn to differentiate re-sign and resign. Yeah, so I think uh, so. I, I'm hearing that Adam Cole actually did re-sign with WWE. So, he, uh, so I don't think Adam Cole is going anywhere for a while. I heard all the all the undisputed era is the word that they all re-signed. So, uh, one of my sources had said that they thought that Adam Cole's contract was coming up this summer, but that is not the case. Justin Lopez five dollars saying, "Gotta be MJF. He's undefeated." Telling you MJF versus Mox at all out. <sighs> Yeah, if MJF wins, I think MJF they got something there. Absolutely. He's the one. He's the one I feel like they've really built him. Darby Allen to an extent. Uh they be, they've beaten Darby Allen too much, but um and Adam Page, they've been doing a great job since uh All Out. I think they've been doing a great job with Adam Page. He's I, I do like the stuff with him and Kenny Omega. It's brought Omega's down from where he was a year and a half ago, but uh, it's brought Adam Page up. So, backlash predictions. Let's get into this. Do it. Apollo Crews defending the United States Championship against Andrade. Apollo. Right? Even now. So no I thought Heyman, well, if they've already taped it, but I thought he, he was the guy that Heyman was pushing. Heyman likes both of them. Heyman's pushing both of them. Well, what what's going to happen now? So here's Who's the here's the little li- list of the guys that Heyman was pushing. I I had compiled earlier. Um, hold on one second. So it was Drew McIntyre, Andrade, Angel Garza, Zelina Vega, Alistair Black, Apollo Cruz, Austin Theory, Street Pop Profits, the Viking Raiders, and Murphy, as well as established talent like Charlotte, Rey Mysterio, Asuka, and Nia Jax. So those were. Uh, those were actually reporting the observer. Sorry, that wasn't uh, that wasn't from me. So. Got it. So Apollo on that. Now let's talk about the women's tag team championships. I'm a little tipsy. That's why I'm doing my radio voice. Uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss. Tipsy, and you Croft. say? Well, time for another. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Bit of a lightweight, folks. Yeah. One Corona. One Corona. Oh my God! I'm a cheap date, Raj. That's all it takes. Dude, I'm on like fourth glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, well, you're ahead. I've, I've been out drinking with you. I can't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Raj, we got We I... got to get I am Vish. Yeah. We missed his super chat last time. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh my, my gosh. Book raw for two months up to a pay per view. <laughs> One solid rivalry. Choose two guys. Oh. oh gosh. Give me name two guys and I'll come up with something. I think Drew and Jinder is where it's at. Well, Jinder is uh, out. No, He's getting surgery. Uh, I said the thing with Lashley and Lesnar. That's very diff- divisive. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it. Uh, but I do think you could turn Lashley into the next Brock by having him uh, get a dominant win over Lesnar. And then you don't have to pay Brock anymore. You have Lashley be that guy. And he's a believable guy. You've got him with MVP. He's got someone that could talk. I think KO versus Drew could be good, but it really needs a story. Yeah. All right. So, um, 
I don't know what this? that song is. Drew keeps getting beat down by... Uh, hold on. Gosh, there's like no stars on Raw is the thing right now. Uh, so KO has been feuding with somebody. And who has been who is aligned with a couple other guys who have been constantly beating down Drew, and uh, Drew's beating him one on one. They beat him down after finally KO makes a save. KO is on Drew's side, uh, and then that builds to a pay per view tag match where it's Drew and, and KO versus these other guys, and then mid match KO pop up power bomb on Drew turns on him, mm. and then later turn you know he cuts this big promo about how he keeps seeing guys like drew got these guys with the physiques and what vince always wants getting these opportunities he he's hated drew from the beginning he hates everything he stands for and that he can't wait to prove that drew is a fraud and take what's his and then you know uh and then that builds to a pay-per-view match and you have them you know not touched kevin owens keeps getting out of the way whenever drew Mm -hmm. comes around uh, you know, if I had a little more time to match it out, but there you go. What if, and I'm just going to borrow plots from old movies. All right. What if Charlotte feels like as a woman, she's not being taken as seriously as a champion and therefore disguises herself as a man and shows up as a new men's competitor hmm. and then like challenges Drew and then ultimately like wins the title and then reveals, ha, it's really me, Charlotte. Hmm. And it's essentially the entire plot of just one of the guys. And like Delina Vega, the bra or, uh, would give it away. It just they really they really took. There was a lot of ace bandages involved in just yeah. one of the guys. Uh, uh, you seen Charlotte, just one of the guys? Charlotte, Charlotte's. Uh, have you seen just one of the guys, Raj? I have not. Real scene in that. Let me tell you, I think uh, Charlotte could pull it off. Uh, but no, and maybe we you know have a subplot where like another woman's talent. Ooh, who's this new guy? Like, ooh, I'm going to make the moves on him. Mm-hmm. You know, and then like they become friends. Maybe she gets a tag team partner at the end. Has to reveal like I'm really a woman. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Probably wouldn't play as well as it did in the 1980s. Probably not. Probably not. But very progressive. Very it's like Soul progressive. Man. Soul Man, Soul Man wouldn't Let's, play today. <laughs> if Soul Man didn't play in 1987, <laughs> people picketed and boycotted that film. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, it's crazy that that movie got made. That somebody said, I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Yes. Um... Anyhow, uh, what else do we got? Backlash. Back, okay, what else? Uh, oh, the women's tag team championships. We think Bailey and Sasha retaining, or Alexa and Nikki winning in the back. Uh, I, I, th- I think it's got to be. Um, I would assume that it's Sasha and Bailey retaining, but WWE like they love to beat Sasha on pay per view. So <laughs> uh, all bets are off. But I would guess, storyline wise, um, I would think it's Sasha and Bailey. And then at the next pay-per-view, they break up. They do their split and have a match at SummerSlam. But they've been teasing a Sasha and, and Bailey match for about 17 years now. So who knows? Um, then, yeah, Bailey and Sasha need to break up and go one-on-one. I, I mean, I think SummerSlam, that'd be great. But I think they're going to save one, that for an audience. There was that one match where Bailey turned on Sasha. Crowd went nuts. It seemed like the perfect moment. And then they did the counseling stuff, and then they're like just back together, and just they just pissed it all away. Yes, it's a theme. Um, <laughs> so Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. Speaking of urine, I could see Sheamus winning this one, and then they got to do the return match with the step at Extreme Rules. 
Will there be urine involved? Yes, in p- urine on a pole match. I I could absolutely see him just like throwing like a cup of something at Jeff Hardy to get revenge. Loser gets pissed on. They haven't done that yet. <laughs> Matt Morgan was smart to skip the night. Really dodged a bullet, buddy. This is a modern day version of a kiss my ass match. <laughs> Drake Maverick laughed to coach people. Like, here's how you do it on command in front of an audience. Uh, drink, drink, two, drink a lot of water. Two bottles of Gatorade. I have trouble uh, using the facilities if someone's standing next to me at a urinal. Oh, yeah. Like, I like those partitions. I, 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 I have a problem if there's a, a splash on the floor. It's like, hmm, do I want to do this? Do I commit to this? Do I go somewhere else? I always think about that Seinfeld bit. What do you do if your shoelaces become untied and you're in a bathroom? Ooh. Ooh. See, you just got to throw away the shoes at that point. Right? I don't wear shoes with shoelaces anymore. Major, big on Velcro, zips? No, just the slide-ons. Too lazy to tie shoes. I don't have time for that. I wear, like, Nikes when I go out and, like, walk or something like that. But, no, for the most part, I'm a big fan of the Vans, uh, slip-ons, as it were. Oscar yeah. uh, versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. Oscar. Oh, what am I even thinking about? Uh, I was trying to think of how, how they, because uh, I think they're, they're leading to Charlotte versus uh, versus Oscar because they've been building up that Charlotte's never been Oscar, beaten, uh, has ever beaten Oscar. Does Charlotte get involved? Actually, I don't think so. Well, I think Charlotte Asuka beat Oscar. Oscar hasn't beaten Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, but yeah, Oscar beats Nia clean, and then maybe Charlotte's looking on or something. But that's that's the next big one. And I, and those are the two best women in the company. That's a big match. And I, I like that story that Asuka, this, who's now probably the most popular she's been in a lot of ways, and uh, hasn't been able to beat the heel, and the heel's coming after her. So I think that's a really cool story. Hopefully they don't squander it at Extreme Rules and keep it going until SummerSlam. Hope not. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, and we'll take some predictions in the chat room. You guys give your predictions oh, as well. Absolutely. Chat room, debating my Just One of the Guys remake in WWE. The time is <laughs> right. I was thinking about that the other night. I made the joke on Twitter, uh, the reveal of... Um, why am I blanking on his name now? The reveal on NXT with the mask. Oh, uh, L... L um... Santos Escobar. Yes. Yes, I was thinking, like, I haven't been that shocked since the Escobar end of is a little too on the nose. What, you think? No, to me it seems that that's like the most 90s Vince name, Vince McMahon name, for a Mexican-American wrestler. And El Chapo, maybe <laughs> teaming with El Chapo. I don't know, it's just a little too... A little much. I mean, yeah, and Medellin. Yeah, well, now you're just talking about plot points from Entourage. Yes, like, that's, 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 where I, that's where I know that's my... That's I know about Pablo yeah. Escobar. And, and Scarface. <laughs> Do you ever think back to... Were we as a society just, like, fooled or under some weird spell from Mark Wahlberg that we, like, took Entourage really seriously for yeah. a good number of years? Yeah, I loved Entourage. Like, the first, like, four seasons of it, I thought it was... Yeah, but then there were, the, like, the last four seasons yeah. of it. And I still watched them. I didn't. It didn't turn me off. Like The Walking Dead turned me off. Lost turned me off. But uh, I stuck with Entourage. Oh, Entourage it wasn't as good. When the movie came out, oh, first sucked. showing of the day, I was there in the theater. That movie sucked. It was bad. Yes, Entourage. 
we were all we were all in on Entourage as a society. Was Eric es- Escobar in WWE? God, that sounds familiar. It is a cool uh, name. I agree with you, oh, Jerry. Eighty-five G. Yes. But it is Pablo Escobar's name. It's a very well-known. It's you know there's some names that are just so so iconic that when you take it, it Apollo Cruz is kind of one of it, one of those because it sounds too much like Apollo Creed, and that's an iconic character, and that's like Rocky Barboa or something like Rocky that. Balboa. <laughs> you know, it's just too too close. It's hard to take it seriously. Bulk they- Bulk Bogan. The one that I thought was always the most interesting was Cassius Ono at the time when it was like, well, Cassius Clay and Apollo Ono for like that year where Apollo Ono in the Olympics like captured America's heart. I see. I didn't even get that. I don't don't watch the Olympics. Really? I only watch pro sports like wrestling. I, this might shock some people. So hold on to your seats here. I'm a big fan of figure skating, both men's and women's in the Winter Olympics. And that's... That's the one entire of the, reason. I no, watch that's one of the Olympics. things I watch too, because my, my daughters love it. It's, it's it's cool. I was a huge Johnny Weir fan. Got to see him skate live in uh, Central Park once. It was fantastic. I have no idea who that is. You don't know who, wait, so, so, yeah, you there was Winter an Erica Olympics, Escobar. You don't know who Johnny Weir was. I don't know any of the names. When I watch the Olympics, I just watch it for the moves. It's like okay. watching uh, it's like watching uh, indie wrestling. Just Very just do flips, cl- crash through shit, and that's it. Yes. Uh, speaking of uh, Olympic uh, figure skating, fan of the a po- uh, friend of the podcast, Paul Walter Hauser was in Itania. Yes, we uh, just did. We we, we interviewed him. He's every... on a lot on the daily. Yeah, yeah, we have him on a lot. He's he's he doesn't even like to talk about his movies. He um, he gave us a little Cobra Kai exclusive. We oh, we yeah, do talk that? about Cobra Kai here. Uh, here, let me let me pull it up. Let's let's get to the next match, and I'll I'll find it. Speaking of uh, Paul Walter Hauser's new film, The Five Bloods, Dove Five Bloods, is dropping on Netflix today. Uh, Spike Lee movie, another one yeah. with uh, Paul Hauser. I'm gonna have to check that out this weekend. Um, but yeah, Cobra Kai. Uh, there is some news. I've heard that as well. Uh, but let's talk uh, Braun Strowman. I mean, come on, Braun Strowman versus the Miz and Morrison, like two on one <laughs> handicap match for the Universal Championship. I'm assuming Bray Wyatt interferes with this somehow. Um. The Fiend? Um, yeah, maybe. I, I, it might be soon. I think The Fiend versus Braun is SummerSlam. We keep forgetting that there's actually another pay-per-view in between uh, with Extreme Rules. So I think they do something with Braun and someone else for Extreme Rules. But yeah, easy, uh, for sure, Braun is winning this. And then, uh, yeah. Um, and then Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Is it Bobby's time? Man, you know, um, in a weird way, sorry, I'm uh, trying to find this Cobra Kai thing. (laughs) Uh, 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 My guess is uh, Drew is winning. With how he's been being pushed, I think it's way too soon to beat him. Um, But Bobby beating him does change things around. It It does give a little life. The one thing with Drew that I've been seeing is that they're pushing him hard, but online no one cares. He's never yeah. trending. He's, his articles, his interviews do the work. And Drew, I think, is awesome. I, I see why they're pushing him, but I think by not having the crowd the crowd reaction, oh, it doesn't get other people to care. It's wasted title run. And Drew is very talented. Oh, he's um, awesome. I just think like he has suffered due to the timing of all this. And then... Um, 
Lastly, Edge versus Randy Orton. I mean, hey, it's going to be the greatest wrestling match of all time. Does it really matter? I mean, we're the winners. It's the audience that are watching yeah. it at home. Yeah. I, you know what's funny is that they have Edge and Randy Orton doing uh, media to promote this match. And they're all, they're both typing out how this isn't, this can't be the greatest wrestling match of all time. It's impossible. <laughs> Even Randy's tweet about it was like, ah, oh, watch it, see if it's good or if we shit yeah, the bed. You know? Like, I'm having the greatest coffee of all time was <laughs> Edge's hey, tweet. Sunday night might be the greatest podcast of all time. This is the greatest podcast we've ever done on June 12th of all time. Yes. Uh, I saw it first speaking of figure saying, saying, love the movie The Cutting Edge, the best figure skating movie. That was a good movie. I remember I seeing that great. back in the day. Dude, okay, here's what I want. Bring mixed tag wrestling back just to take the story from the cutting edge and tell that in wrestling. If I was in WWE creative, that would be all it would be. Like, hey, remember this movie? Let's find a way to do that on WWE. It couldn't be worse than what we have now. Yeah. <sighs> um, cutting yeah. edge. Watch that again this weekend. So there was a question about Nia Jax in the chat uh, injuring Kyrie Sane. Here's what Nia Jax told TalkSport. Or, uh, yeah, TalkSport. She uh, did an interview with Alex McCarthy at TalkSport and said, I feel like every person or character would say, oh, whatever they say doesn't bother me are kind of lying because I'm working for the approval of an audience. Whether it be hating or loving, I want their reaction. So when you're on Twitter and you see it constantly, it can definitely get to you a little bit. Wow, all I'm seeing is negativity. But when I step back and I actually immerse myself into the WWE universe... Like when I get to see the crowd and fans, I know that's a small percentage on Twitter who have nothing better to do than hate on somebody. The fans in real life are so welcoming, so giving, and so understanding. I've had nothing but positive feedback from them, and I'm super grateful for that. So that was her response to the fan backlash over the Kyrie Sane stuff. Um, look, I think Naya is just... Uh, She's stronger than she knows. She might not realize how strong she is. Um, I have not mentioned Ryback in a while. Oh, yeah. I see you've been very, very good. Are you guys on the outs? What happened? No, I was just, uh, we recorded, uh, he's using StreamYard now. We did uh, the podcast this morning. Oh, there you go. Um, but he feels like that was Kyrie's fault. Huh. Like when I watched it, uh, to me, it was. No question, it was Nia's, but you know, I have never wrestled, and uh, he was like, "No, that was uh, that was Kyrie's fault." Which, uh, yeah, you know, I'll 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 take the wrestler's word for it. I've heard other wrestlers say no, but uh, they say you got to brace yourself when you know that spot's coming, and she knew that spot was coming. So. And if we learned anything from the Cutting Edge, you have to learn to listen to your partner and establish a rhythm with them. Right both in performance and outside of it. Yeah, I, I, I feel bad for Naya because she does get a ton of hate. She, she does. does get a ton of hate. Her and Charlotte both, probably more than anyone else in WWE. And um, it sucks, you know, like to to open your social media and just get flooded with negative messages. It's it's too bad because she's, she's not trying to hurt anyone. She's, you know, um, but I, I do think... She does need to be safer, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, performers need to figure that out. And um, it's interesting when people complain about it. But, yeah, for the most part, I mean, if you look at the track record, and maybe part of it also, it's just the conditions that they're under. I mean, how much time are they getting to rehearse these matches, rehearse these spots? Right. You know, yeah. are there things they could do to improve the working conditions that would make it safer for everyone? Who knows what it's like right now? Um, let's talk about that Cobra Kai news. Oh. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Let me. 
it, we might have not done an article on it, and it might be in the interview. But he said the the stuff in the new Cobra Kai season, uh, it, it's it's well worth the wait. It's going to blow people away. So they're not coming back to YouTube. They're shopping for a new home. Netflix oh, I, I didn't know that. So that's why the delay is. And the reason they're not coming back to YouTube is YouTube has said, we'll air it, but we're not renewing a fourth season. So, because YouTube's getting out of the originals game. Yeah, so whoever them, gets then. it, Hulu or Netflix, it's going to be... Uh, airing it and then doing another season. They want to, they've always said all along they've had a five-year plan. Now, it's funny that YouTube wants to get out of this because Cobra Kai, if you look at the numbers on that compared to most Netflix shows, and oh, Hulu yeah. shows like Cobra Kai is a huge hit, and right now there's not a glut of content. So I think it's going to get a huge money deal wherever they end up going right now. I think so, too. Uh, I mean, again, YouTube videos, you can't count them the same as ratings or anything sure. like that. Because there's multiple viewings and stuff, and people, if if it takes you four times to watch an episode, which if you have kids or a baby, you know, it takes four times to watch a 30 minute show. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's not the same. It is not the same. <sighs> what else we got? Tam, Tammy's saying it's right. WWE's fault for having 12 Kyrie versus nine matches anyway. Uh, yeah. Right. The biggest woman, woman on the roster, the strongest woman on the roster versus the smallest woman on the roster. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta book what you gotta book. You gotta, you gotta treat everyone equally. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Well, we shall see. Uh, you know, what, you know what trope we don't hear anymore that we grew up with, like people like saying, "Oh, I didn't know my own strength." No one uses that as an excuse anymore. Yeah. I'm growing, growing up that was everywhere I gotta say I, I've never used that as an excuse <laughs> all the time all the time when I impress people with my feats of strength oh I didn't know my own strength yeah it's, yes. uh, it's never happened <laughs> literally, <this> literally <laughs> never happened to me ever I'm very aware of my own strength in fact I might be overestimating it a little right. bit have you ever tried to open like a really tight pickle jar like I thought I could do it but no I, I, I'm aware I have no strength <laughs> I don't know. You popped out the guns here uh, a couple weeks ago on the I, podcast. I do have the know? guns, I, I, but uh, it's Skinny Guns. Skinny Guns, <laughs> worst hip hop name ever. Skinny Guns. That's that's not a bad name. Um, I got one of those. Uh, we we got one of those uh, the grippy things for the jars. I use that all the time. And if I can't open it with that, or I get the knife and like start beating on the jar, and then you know, I have these pair of pliers that I've had since like college. Just yellow pair of pliers. And I used to like when I was in college when I drink soda, I I'd use like tighten it, so that way oh, it yeah, stayed. Yeah, yeah. So I kept the the gas, and I'd have to use it to open it too. So <laughs> I had a pair of pliers for my sodas. How broke were you in college? A two liter of soda has been ninety nine cents for oh, our entire lifetime. I'd get that. What was that one that had double the uh, caffeine? Uh, Jolt. 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 Yes. And I'd 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 buy those uh, those bottles like. Like water, it I'm was. Surprised, yeah, you were drinking so fast. When did you have time to lose carbonation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's what that's when I got. Uh, you know, I knew I made it in life. I was like, oh, I just I could just buy canned soda in individual bottles now. Living living the high life, not having to get the two liter that I have to tighten. You know, uh, surgically, hermetically seal it every time. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, let's see. Any any other questions you see? I mean, there's a ton in here, but let's a ton of comments really questions 
Uh, I feel like I feel like we've really blown some minds tonight. We've talked about some important issues, made some have. progress on things. Yeah, yeah, really uh, getting it done. But okay, forty-eight hours from now, we're going to be back to talk about backlash. Me, Raj Giri, Matt Morgan, ah, Justin Lavar will be on this. Justin, Sunday. me, yes. Justin, and Matt. Providing there's no like, should be a Justin marathon next week because he's taking over for me on Monday. So it's going to be Justin on Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Oh, because, see, yeah, I was hoping tonight, the original was like, oh, yeah, Justin, I want to get the Vince impression of Vince pitching the, the urine segment. So we'll have to save that for Sunday. <laughs> get uh, Justin giving that to us. So, uh, hey, in the meantime, Raj Geary underscore 303 on Twitter. I'm at Glenda Rubenstein. Send all your comments there, positive or negative. And actually, I have to say, Raj, I don't know if you get this. I get, like, the best DMs from our listeners. Oh. I get messages on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Like, uh, even if we disagree on things, I just, I love our community. Thank you so much for spending your Friday night with us. I, I, you know, to your point, uh, you hear all a lot about the negatives of social media and it being accessible and all the negativity. And granted, you know, Kevin Owens, guys like that, what they got experience, way different. The feedback we get from you guys, it's it's always awesome. It's always respectful, uh, and from from the DMs, just the regular tweets. The gifts you guys send—it's—it's it's awesome. We really, uh, we really appreciate you guys. It's—it's—you uh, guys are the best. And it's had an impact on this podcast because I think that we've all come out of our shells a lot more. We've all talked more about our personal life, uh, whether it's issues with depression or addiction or, you know, growing up uh, and things like that. Like seriously, like the communication and contact with you all, and the connection—I value it so much. It's the reason why I, I do this podcast. Um, so look, everyone, have a good Friday night. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay sane. We're going to catch you back here on Sunday for Backlash. Until then, uh, take care, everyone. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.